Why, hello there! Audioverse welcomes you to Storytime Adventures. I'm Miss Michelle, and I invite you to travel with us through stories that teach important lessons along the way. Meet Seifer, our traveling book companion, and other adventuring young friends while we journey into stories that teach the importance of forming good habits and making wise choices while we're young. So sit back, make yourself comfortable, and join us as we travel through each storytime adventure. Hello, Miss Michelle? Kiana, you're early. I'm over here in the garden. Come right through that gate over there. Hi, Miss Michelle. Whoa, your eyes look huge through that magnifying glass. Oh, you mean through this magnifying glass? Yeah, but what were you doing with a magnifying glass? <laughs> here, come look. What do you see? Ooh, a spider. A big spider, or at least it looks big through this magnifying glass. No, it's still pretty big without it. What kind of spider is it? So, this is a black and yellow garden spider, and it makes a pretty large web. See? I see that. And is that an egg sac? Yes. So, this is a female spider, and they're larger than males, and they spin an egg sac or a cocoon to protect the eggs. She'll stay close to the cocoon for a number of days before she dies. Oh, that's sad. Does that mean she'll die soon? Yeah, I think so. The young spiders will emerge from the cocoon in the spring. Such a brave mom spider, Miss Michelle. Are we looking at spiders because they have something to do with our story today? I thought you said we were traveling halfway across the world. So we are. Seifer is actually in the map room waiting for us. But first, a huge yes to your first question. A spider actually plays a pivotal role in today's story. Oh, I see you brought your binoculars. You'll definitely be needing those today. Come on, let's head off to our map room. Whoa, Miss Michelle, your map room is amazing. I think that map on the wall is the largest map I've ever seen in my life. Is it made out of leather? And look at all these globes and... What are all of these? <laughs> so, these are part of my collection. I like to collect objects and artifacts about the places where our stories take place. Now, come over to this section here. Let's see if you can figure out where we're going today. Hmm, okay. Well, these are some really large rocks. These are palm trees. This is a stone statue. This is a hut with vines all around it. I see some exotic-looking birds and a really big snake. I'm glad that's not real. <laughs> oh, a basket full of bananas, mangoes, coconut, pineapple, avocados, and kiwis. Hmm, um, it kind of looks like stuff found somewhere tropical. You got it! We're going to the Pacific Islands. They are a set of islands right here in the Pacific Ocean. Seifer, let's open up to today's story. Okay, Kiana, hold on to those binoculars. You'll be needing it. Whoa, Miss Michelle, you didn't tell me we were going to land in the water. 
Well, at least it's warm. Oh, I suppose I did forget that very small but important detail. Well, it's shallow here, and I wasn't worried because I knew you were a good swimmer. And we actually can't go on land just yet. Put your binoculars on, and you'll see why. Look over there on that distant shore. What do you see? Soldiers? Tanks? Wait, are we in a war zone? Precisely right! And that's why we're going to wait right here and watch their binoculars as we begin our story. Okay, listening friends, are you ready to join us in our storytime adventure? I call today's story, The U.S. Marine and the Grand Weaver. The sun was beating down on young private Michael Francis. June was unbearably hot and humid in Saipan. The invasion of the island was about to begin. As he and fellow Marines were on the LVT ready to storm the beaches, the words of General Holland M. Smith, affectionately known as Howlin' Mad Smith, rang in his head. Marines. I am proud to be your commanding officer. I could not have asked for a better battalion of Marines. You are about to embark upon a dangerous mission. The Japanese have an ideology. Wherever their flag is planted is sacred Japan. You are going to face an enemy that is dedicated and disciplined. They will defend the island of Saipan as if it were Tokyo, Osaka, or Hiroshima. They would rather die than to surrender. So. Stay together, fight together, but here's a word of warning. If you happen to be separated from your unit, hide. Stay alive. It would be better to die than to be captured alive. God go with you. Michael was not an overly religious man, but he had been raised by a faithful mother who taught him the importance of prayer. Michael, pray before every battle. The Lord will go with you and will be close to you even during the fiercest part of the war. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Remembering his mother's words, Michael bowed his head. Lord, here we are, about to engage against a deadly enemy. I place myself in your hands and ask for your protection today. In the name of Jesus, I ask. Amen. Lieutenant General Yoshitsugu Saito looked with pride at the 31st Army Regiment of the Japanese Imperial Forces. He beamed as he addressed his warriors. Men, the foreign devils are invading our land. This is our land. We must protect this land as if it were the sacred land of our emperor. Give your all to the empire. Fight like you're protecting your father, your mother, your wives, and your children. Water from the high waves splashed on Michael's face. He could taste the seawater. The bombers and Navy fighters had already dropped their payload of deadly bombs, and now the large battleships, destroyers, and cruisers were bombarding the island. The closer the LVTs got to the beach, the choppier the waves became. When they had almost reached the beach, full war was unleashed. 
the Japanese waited till the LVTs were close to landing before open firing. Machine gun nests began to shoot hot lead. The jungle came alive as bullets screamed past. Michael saw many of his fellow Marines fall that morning. All Michael could do was duck and run. Captain William Steele, the platoon commander, yelled for Michael and the rest of the platoon to follow him. Their mission was to flank the Japanese machine gun nests to prevent more loss of life for the rest of the battalion. The foliage was thick. The weather was unbearably hot and humid. Michael and his fellow Marines trekked through the underbrush. Captain Steele raised his fist to signal the platoon to halt. They formed a circle around the captain. Marines, the machine gun nests are up ahead. The resistance will be heavy. It will be close quarter combat. Be prepared for anything. Remember your training and fight for your fallen Marines. For some, this is your first combat experience. Survive this and you will truly be a Marine. Stay together. Fight together. Lieutenant General Saito was very pleased. So far, his forces were able to repel or stop the Marine advance. But Saito was an intelligent man. He knew that the Marines would try to flank his machine guns. Saito called for Major Sensahiro Nakamura. Major, the Marines will try to outflank our machine gun nests, make up a detachment of our Imperial soldiers, and find an officer to lead the charge. Yes, my Imperial General. Takahashi commanded a platoon known as the Raiders. This platoon consisted of many battle-hardened veterans, most of whom had fought alongside Takahashi in Guadalcanal. The Raider platoon swiftly ran through the jungle to meet and destroy any resistance they met. In a matter of minutes, the Raider platoon was about to meet face-to-face with the Marine platoon. Marines, fix bayonets! Captain Steele ordered. Major Takahashi ordered his raiders to fix bayonets. An unstoppable force was about to come face-to-face with an immovable object. Hot lead and smoke filled the dense jungle. Bullets ricocheted off of branches and trees. American Marines and Japanese Imperial soldiers clashed in a vicious skirmish. In the heat of the battle, Michael heard his captain's voice. Men! Captain Steele screamed. Incoming fire! Get to safety! The Marines turned and ran for cover. Takahashi thought he had turned the tide. He was about to order the men to pursue when he heard the unmistakable sound. The sound was deafening. Artillery shells landed everywhere. Explosions rocked the jungle. Michael was running when he saw the shells hit. In his haste to avoid friendly fire, he was separated from his platoon. He searched all around him, but he did not see any Marines. He remembered the general's words, hide. Rather than become a prisoner of war, he chose to survive by hiding. 
uh-oh, what's going to happen to Michael? Will he be captured by the Japanese soldiers? Well, don't go anywhere, because we'll find out after this short break. Hey parents, we know that you love stories just as much as your kids. So we want to tell you about a whole website filled with stories for you too. Journeys Unscripted is a place where you can hear real stories told by real people who have experienced the power of God in their lives. You'll find stories of victory, of courage, of hope. If you're looking for answers, needing inspiration, or longing for something deeper, take a walk with these individuals on their unscripted journeys, and you just might meet the divine author who wants to write your story too. Visit journeysunscripted.com today. Today's story. Michael found himself fleeing through the jungle. Several Japanese soldiers had spotted him and were in hot pursuit. He climbed desperately through the dense jungle foliage, trying to lose his enemies. He finally found himself at the top of the ridge. There were some nearby caves, so he slid into one of the caves, praying that it was unoccupied. The cave was empty and had a depth of about 15 feet. He crawled to the very back, turning around and facing the entrance. Michael began to pray for the Lord to protect him. Lord, I pray for your protection right now. I need it more than ever. What I really need is a brick wall right now to shield me from the enemy patrol. The light from outside illuminated his cave more than he would have wished. And if a Japanese soldier leaned in and looked toward the back of the cave, he would be spotted. After several agonizing minutes, with his ears straining to catch every sound, Michael realized that the Japanese patrol was moving toward his location. Again, he began to pray for a brick wall to protect him, but none appeared. Resigning himself to his fate, he positioned himself ready to defend at all costs. During this time, while he focused on the entrance, he noticed a large spider that must have started a web across the entrance moments after he entered the cave. Minutes ticked by with sweat running down his back and off his brow stinging his eyes. The marine listened intently to the enemy voices still in his vicinity. And all the while, this spider was constructing a rather large web across the entrance. Shaking his head, he thought, Really, Lord, I asked for a brick wall, and instead you give me a spider web? It was not long before the voices grew louder and louder and moved closer to the entrance of the cave. The marine was ready, and then noticed, with his heart pounding, The web was almost complete. Shadows fell across the entrance to the cave, but the web was brightly illuminated from the outside light. Japanese soldiers were speaking right at the entrance of the cave, and as they moved into the entrance, they hesitated, 
apparently seeing the large spider web. Thinking that no one could possibly be inside the cave since the spider web blocked the entrance, they moved on. It took a moment for Michael to realize what had happened. The spider web had been greater than any brick wall God could have erected. He waited until nightfall, then emerged carefully from the entrance of the cave. As he dusted aside the large spider web that had saved his life, his heart was filled with deepest thanksgiving for the providence of God. Truly, God, your ways are higher than our ways, and your thoughts higher than our thoughts. Michael's heart was changed after this incident, and as he recounted his story to his mother after returning safely from the war, his mother knew that her earnest prayers had been answered. God had sent a spider to save the life of her son and a spider web to change his heart forever. Wow, Miss Michelle, I can't believe that really happened. God worked a miracle to save that Marine's life using a little spider. The Marine wanted a brick wall to protect him, but that spider web was even stronger than any brick wall. Yes, God really worked in a way that nobody would have ever thought of. There's a verse in the Bible that immediately came to my mind. It's found in Romans 8, 28. Can you read that for us, Kiana? Sure, Miss Michelle. The Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. You know, sometimes we don't always understand how God works. Sometimes it may seem like God isn't listening when we pray and that the things that we are praying about just don't seem to get answered. But we need to remember to trust in God during these times because He does answer prayers, not always in the way we expect or even want, but in the way that He knows best. If we have faith, even as small as a grain of a mustard seed, then God promises that nothing will ever be impossible. And that's what our song is about today. It's found in Matthew 17, 20. Come on, let's head over to the studio. Shall 
It was so much fun having you come along on today's adventure. I hope you can join me again sometime. Thanks for having me, Miss Michelle. I can't wait to come back. And thank you, listening friends, for coming along with us. Are you interested to know which room in Storybook Manor our next adventure will take place in? Then make sure you tune in and join us for our next Storytime Adventure. <laughs>